My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Now a great sign appeared in heaven. A woman robed with the sun, standing on the moon, and on her head her crown of twelve stars. Today is the solemnity of the Assumption of Our Lady. As a consequence of her divine motherhood, Our Lady had special privileges. One was that she was immaculately conceived, preserved free from all stain of sin. And another was that it was not fitting, said St. Thomas Aquinas, that her body would undergo any form of corruption because she had been preserved immaculate from sin. And so it's thought that she was assumed into heaven and this was almost universally believed for more than a thousand years. Although the Bible contains no mention of the assumption of Our Lady into heaven. The first church writer to speak about it was St. Gregory of Tours in 594. And on May the 1st, 1946, Pope Pius XII asked all, their, all the bishops of the world for their opinion about the assumption of Our Lady into heaven and whether or not it should be defined as a dogma of faith. And almost all the bishops replied in the affirmative. And so on the 1st of November, 1950, the Feast of All the Saints, Pius XII declared as a revealed dogma, dogma revealed by God, that Mary the Immaculate, perpetually Virgin Mother of God, after the completion of her earthly life, was assumed body and soul into heaven. We don't have any knowledge of the day or the year or the manner of Our Lady's death. Some dates which have been assigned to her death vary between three and 15 years after our Lord's ascension, during which time she would have been cared for by St. John and have attended his masses. Both Jerusalem and Ephesus have been mentioned as places where she may have died, but we don't really know. It's thought that she died in the presence of the apostles. There's a lot of devotion that is given to what's called the Dormition of Our Lady, Our Lady on her deathbed. There's also belief that after her burial, her tomb, when opened, was found empty. And so, therefore, it was concluded that her body had been taken or assumed into heaven. When the Church defines the assumption of Our Lady into heaven, it doesn't define the manner of her death or when it took place. All those details we will find out in heaven. 
St. Gregory of Tours. So the rationale for this tradition lies in the fact that she was preserved free from original sin. And so he said it's inconceivable that Our Lady's sinful body, sinless body rather, likened to the Ark of the Covenant, which was made of incorruptible wood, should decay in the grave. There's a text from the Psalms that says, rise you and the ark of your strength. It was understood to mean that it was God's will, that as Christ had ascended into heaven, so too Our Lady would be received into heaven. Our Lord ascended into heaven by his own power. But we say that Our Lady was assumed because in her case, it's passive. She is not the generation of her generator of her own power that leads her into heaven. She is assumed by God. And so this is how we explain this truth as being rational. Our Lord had no need of assistance because he was the second person of the Blessed Trinity. But Our Lady didn't have this power. From the late 16th century onwards, there were many paintings in Christian art that depicted Our Lady as assumed into heaven. Our Lady appears as a woman adorned with the sun, standing on the moon, and with 12 stars on her head for a crown. And so there was a lot of devotion to Our Lady under this title. And the theme of the heavenly coronation of Our Lady as Queen of Heaven will often represented also in Christian art, which more or less presumed that she must have been assumed into heaven also. And so today, in union with the whole church, we celebrate the triumph of the mother, daughter, and spouse of God. And we can be happy that Our Lady who after accompanying Jesus from Bethlehem to the cross, is now next to our Son in body and soul, glorious forever. And so the entrance antiphon of today's Mass says, All honour to you, Mary. Today you were raised above the choirs of angels to lasting glory with Christ. The Ark of the Covenant was the sign of the presence of God in the midst of his people. And inside the Ark, his word was kept, inscribed on the two tablets of the law. And today we look at Our Lady as the, the Ark of the New Covenant. And we invoke her under that title in the Litany of Loretto. Because in her womb, the Son of God, the Word made flesh, dwelt for nine months. And with her assumption to heaven, she found her final abode in the heart of the Blessed Trinity. St. Amadeus said that Mary was brought up to heaven amidst acclamations of joy and praise. 
she went directly into God's presence and there took her throne in glory above all the angels and saints. The Ark of the Old Testament was built with precious materials and adorned with gold in its interior. In the case of Our Lady, God bestowed on her untold gifts. Pope St. Paul VI said that Our Lady's external beauty was a reflection of the plenitude of grace within. And so thus she was the new dwelling place of God in the world. And so it's appropriate that with a certain frequency, we turn our eyes to Mary. We look at her images, the most beautiful woman in the world. She who was so full of grace, the lady in our life. And each time that we make a childlike glance of our mother to seek her, 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 her help, our intercession, well, it's the best way we have of beseeching God. Because she intercedes for us. She redirects our petitions, if they're not altogether perfectly well-intentioned. <coughs> And so the Second Vatican Council said, taken up to heaven, she does not lay aside her salvific duty. But by her constant intercession, continues to bring us the gifts of eternal salvation. In the furrow, we're told, our mother went up to heaven, body and soul. Tell her often that we, her children, refuse to be separated from her. She will hear you. And so we can say to Our Lady, Mother of ours, you who are so close to God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, don't let us go from your hand. Don't let me go or anyone else, my mother. And so Our Lady gives us great security. When we come to know our own weakness, and we know that she will listen to us, no matter what circumstances we're in. Many years ago in another country, a lady used to come to see me. And she used to go to visit homeless people who were living under bridges. And she would bring them food and other things that they needed. And she told me in one of these occasions, she discovered a man there that she had known. 20, 30 years previously. She recognized him. She talked to him and he remembered her. They had worked together or something. But that man had made a couple of big mistakes in his life. He had left his family. He went off to another country. And he ended up in misery. He came back to his original country and became homeless, began living under the bridge. Well, this man had been a member of the Legion of Mary at one stage in his life. And so this lady began to tell me about him and asked if she could bring him to see me. This was in a confessional box in a downtown church. And so one Friday morning, this lady brought this man to see me 
in the confessional box and he went to confession. And that man told me, you know, Father, I've realized that after all these years, Our Lady has not forgotten me. Because I was in the Legion of Mary, she's been looking out for me all this time. I made a mess of my life. I left my family. I ended up in total misery. And I think I don't have too much longer to live. I think he had a cancer or something. But Our Lady has brought me back. And so I'm very happy to make this confession. It was very beautiful to hear what he was saying and how he had the experience of being a child of Mary, that Our Lady had never forgotten him. She sought him out in the difficult moments of his life. And so the Feast of the Assumption of Our Lady is a day of joy. God has won. Love has triumphed. Love has shown that it is stronger than death. That God possesses the true strength. And that his strength is goodness and love. Mary was taken up, body and soul, into heaven. So that one day she can help us to get there also. There's room even room in God for the body. Heaven is no longer a very remote sphere unknown to us. And we have a mother in heaven. And the mother of God and the mother of the Son of God is our mother, because he himself has said so. Jesus made Our Lady our mother when he said, Behold your mother. And so, we have a mother in heaven, heaven is open, and heaven has a heart. A heart is there waiting for us. There's a story told of our Lord telling St. Peter once at the gates of heaven to keep the gates of heaven tightly closed, not to let many people in, to be very selective. And then our Lord went away and he came back some time later and he found that heaven was packed, it was full of people. And so he went to St. Peter and said, look, I thought I told you to keep the gates of heaven tightly closed and to be very selective about who you let in. And St. Peter said, yes, Lord, but every time that I close the gates, your mother keeps opening the windows. And so if we keep an eye on Our Lady, she'll help us in our hour of need. Our Lady says that beautiful prayer in the poem, The Magnificat. It came from her lips and from her heart. In many ways, it mirrors our entire soul, our entire personality. That poem is like a portrait of Our Lady, a true icon in which we can see her exactly as she is. My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. In many ways, the Magnificat is quite original, but at the same time, it's a, a fabric woven throughout with threads of the Old Testament. 
with words of God. We see that Our Lady was at home with God's word. She lived on God's word. She was penetrated by God's word. And to the extent that she spoke with God's word, those words she taught with God's words. Her thoughts were God's thoughts. Her words were God's words. She was penetrated by divine light. And this is why she's so resplendent, so good. So radiant with love and goodness. Why we can always turn to Our Lady and find an open heart there ready to receive us. Mary lived on the word of God and she was imbued with the word of God. And the fact that she was immersed in the word of God and was totally familiar with the word endowed her later with an inner enlightenment of wisdom. Whoever thinks with God thinks well. Whoever speaks to God speaks well. A valid criteria to judge all things of the world. They become prudent and wise and at the same time good. They also become strong and courageous with the strength of God who resists evil and fosters good in the world. And so if there's some habit or vice or weakness that we have in our life, an area where the devil seeks us out and catches us out sometimes, well, we could ask Our Lady today to crush the head of the serpent. And Our Lady speaks with us. She speaks to us. She invites us to know the word of God, to love that word, to live it, and to think with it. And we can do that in many different ways. By reading sacred scripture, by participating in the liturgy. She opens this book of the word of God for us, makes it present in our lives. And Our Lady has taken up body and soul into the glory of heaven. And with God and in God, she is the queen of heaven and earth. But at the same time, she's very close to each one of us. She is one of us. She lived on earth. And when she was on earth, she could only be close to a few people. But being in God, who is close to us and actually within us, Mary shares in this closeness of God. And so we're never alone, even though we might feel alone. We know that that's not the reality. If we remind ourselves that Our Lady is beside us, we can find great comfort. She can hear our prayer. She helps us with her motherly kindness. Our Lord has precisely told us that she's a mother we can turn to at every moment. And so we can entrust our whole lives to her. We could thank our Lord on this feast day for the gift of his mother. 
and ask her to help us to find the right path every day. And because Our Lady is in heaven, well, she communicates the hope of heaven to each one of us. We know that there's no lasting relics of her here on earth. Some churches and places enthusiastically claim that they have relics of this saint and of that saint. But no such claim can ever be made regarding Our Lady. Ronald Lux has said that if anyone was still hoping to find the remnants of Our Lady here on earth, well, we could tell them that the Holy Father declared an end to all such investigations a long time ago. We know where her body is. It's in heaven. And so Pius XII said, with the course of her earthly life brought to completion, the Immaculate Mother of God, the ever-Virgin Mary, was taken body and soul into celestial glory. And so it has been defined for all time. God did not want any form of corruption to enter the body of his mother. He had preserved her free from original sin. He had preserved her virginity, even in the act of his birth. There was no act of corruption of the body of Mary. And so it was fitting that in her death also, that our father and son would not allow her body to undergo corruption. And so she was taken, body and soul, into heaven. And so this feast day is a feast of joy and encourages each one of us along the pathway still remaining for us before we reach heaven. We can also be reminded of the importance of making that definite desire and resolution. I want to get to heaven. I'm on my pathway to heaven. And to remind other people about St. Jose Maria says, foster in your heart the glorious hope of heaven. We have an awful lot to look forward to. Eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love. And so it's worthwhile getting to heaven. And so Our Lady gives us the courage and the energy, said Blessed Alvaro, to reach the sanctity we are called to by our vocation. He says it's necessary to re-struggle to be good children of God, to make an effort to keep our souls clean through the frequent, sacrament, frequent sacramental confession and the reception of the Eucharist. In this way, we will reach heaven, not in the same way as the most holy virgin did, since due to sin, our bodies will experience corruption. But if we die in God's grace, our soul will go to heaven, perhaps by way of purgatory first, so that we might put on the wedding garment indispensable for entering the heavenly banquet, where we will see God as he is. And later on, at the final resurrection of the dead, our bodies will also rise and be united with our glorified souls 
and we will then receive the eternal reward. And so we will, we will then join Jesus and his most holy mother in endless joy. Possibly we don't think enough about what that means. Eternal happiness. And so when someone dies, or is about to die, well, we don't have to be sad. <clears throat> it's not the end, it's the beginning. We may miss the person for a while, there's a natural human grief reaction. But our Christian faith can give us the great assurance that hopefully this person is enjoying that eternal beatitude to which they were called. The other message of this feast day is that being faithful is worthwhile. St. Rosa Maria says in the way, what does it matter if we suffer for 10, 20, 30, 40 years? if afterwards there is heaven forever and forever and forever. We like to say also how little a life is to give to God. And so every time that we say yes to our Lord in our struggle, well, it's worthwhile. And so Mary had me to say yes more frequently, to think of the reward, the prize that's waiting for me. It's worthwhile that I reject firmly anything that can separate me from you and from that journey to heaven, so that I may respond positively to everything that God may be asking of me. And so we're told with the preface of the deceased, let us then be filled with hope and confidence. In spite of our shortcomings, we can be saints. If we struggle one day after another, if we, we purify our souls in the sacrament of penance of Blessed Alvaro, and if we frequently receive the living bread that has come down from heaven, the body and blood, soul and divinity of our Lord Jesus Christ, truly present in the Eucharist, and when the moment to render an account of our soul to God comes, we shall not fear death. Dying will be like moving to a new home for us. It will come when God wants. It will be a liberation, the beginning of life with a capital L. Life is changed, but it does not end for us. Because we will begin to live in a new way closely united to Our Lady, to eternally adore the most blessed Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the prize awaiting us. In the meantime, <clears throat> Our Lady helps us from heaven each day in our troubles and difficulties. Mary, may I not forget to, to seek your help, particularly on great days like today, it's one of the gracious feast days of Our Lady in the whole of the liturgical year. Chesterton liked to say that the angels fly because they take themselves lightly. We could say that Mary also flew because she took herself lightly. 
If it asks ourselves, we too might take ourselves lightly, not give ourselves too much importance. Our Lady is weightless, free from the heaviness of the self, so that she can be wholly taken up in Christ's lips for you. The Mother of God has fallen asleep, says St. Jose Maria in Holy Rosary, the fourth glorious mystery. But Jesus wants to have his mother, body and soul in heaven. And the heavenly hope, court, arrayed in all its splendor, greets Our Lady. You and I, children after all, take the train of Mary's magnificent blue cloak. And so we can watch the marvelous scene. The most blessed Trinity receives and showers honors on the daughter, mother, and spouse of God. And so great is the Lady's majesty that the angels exclaim, who is she? And so every time that we come to the fourth glorious mystery, we could try to contemplate that glorious reality. reality. In the Second Vatican Council, Lumen Gentium, it says, Our Lady's privileges are related to her motherhood. And as such, without redemption too, Taken into heaven, Mary is an image and forerunner of the church, still on the way towards eternal life. From heaven she shines forth, until the day of the Lord shall come, and a sure sign of hope and solace for the people of God during their sojourn on earth. And John Paul in Redemptorus Matra says, by the mystery of the assumption into heaven, that were definitively accomplished in Mary all the effects of the one mediation of Christ, the Redeemer of the world and risen Lord. In the mystery of the Assumption is expressed the faith of the Church, according to which Mary is united by a close and indissoluble bond to Christ. And so, Mary, may you continue to be our great advocate before God Most High, help us to look to you very frequently. In the forge, we're told we need to examine the quality of our daily dealings with her. If you feel proud to be a child of Our Lady, ask yourself, how often do I express my devotion to Our Lady during the day, from morning until night? In the communion antiphon of today's Mass, it says, Blessed is the womb of the Virgin Mary. She carried the Son of the Eternal Father. And so Mary assumed into heaven. May you help us to rejoice as all the angels did. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations that you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my guardian angel, intercede for me.